Hello, everyone. Welcome to Health Formation, the podcast where we give you health and wellness news to use. This is Katie. I'm your host, and I am here today with Marcus. Hey, guys. I'm back again. Hi, Marcus. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I feel like we haven't done this in a while. Yeah, I know. I've been busy with school, and you've been busy with... Everything. Yeah. Life. Life. Glad to be back. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, I hope everyone is having a fantastic start to your day, or end to your day, depending on when you're listening to this. Today we are going to be talking, Marcus and I are basically are just going to be having a conversation about how we started on our health, healthy journey. Um, I think I've alluded a little bit to my start in the past, um, but we'll go, we'll go deep and we'll talk all about that. And I think this will be a good breakdown for anyone who's looking to maybe start eating healthy or confused on what to eat or confused on what to do just to give you what we do and you know what we talk about and what we do is not necessarily 100% right for everyone but it works for us and it's right for us and it helps us to maintain a healthy life and us to feel good about ourselves and gives us energy so take the components of what we tell you and figure out what works for you yeah I agree you want to go first? I, I guess I can start out. So growing up, my mom always cooked healthy for us. So my family has a history of very high cholesterol. So when my brother was really little, he was diagnosed with high cholesterol. And they had suggested, even from when he was young, like I would say around 10 probably, that he needed to start going on medication. But at that time, so that was in the 90s, There wasn't a lot of data about, you know, little kids being on statins and being on them for a long time. So my mom started to just try to do it with diet for us. And so we, she bought a lot of low fat foods. I remember that we would have like Snackwell's cookies, low fat, like Ritz crackers, because that was what we were told was healthy for people that were trying to lower their cholesterol with diet. And yes, it is important to have a low fat diet when you're trying to control your diet your cholesterol with diet. But now we obviously know that not all fats are created equal. So my low fat Snackwell's cookie, sorry, mom, if you're listening to this may not have been the most beneficial thing. But at the same time, we were also like 10 and 12. So So you pretty much get away with exactly anything. Exactly. But we would eat dinner together every night as a family. Um, My mom would always cook. We always had a vegetable a grain and a protein and then one night a week we would have pasta so i'm italian and i I, we would always have pasta on sundays and then one night during the week we'd have pasta that was pretty much it and then once i hit high school i started to pack my own lunch i always liked cooking i always had that interest my mom loves cooking her and i both hate baking so i guess i inherited (laughs) those traits from her um but i would always pack my own lunch in high school i would bring you know, things that 15, 16 year old girls eat, I would have like yogurt and fruit and cereal. I remember doing that like every day for lunch. Um, Sometimes I would buy a salad. We had like a really good sandwich bar at our high school. So I'd get like deli meat sandwich. That was pretty much like my typical lunch. And then again, dinner was still the same. Mom would cook. We would always eat as a family. I, I would say we ate pretty well growing up. We never really had fast food. Very, very rare occasions would we have fast food. And never McDonald's. Maybe we would have, like, an occasional Wendy's. So that was pretty lucky. Um, pretty good. 
That's pretty much it. Yeah. What about you? Um, I was kind of on the opposite okay. end of that. Like, I grew up in the South. Or we're still in the South, so I grew up around here. <laughs> so, like, sweet tea was a food group growing up. So, I would oh. definitely drink a lot of sweet tea, a lot of whole milk, um, sugary cereals. Just kind of um, the things that were the most convenient because we were super busy growing up between me and my sister both playing sports and going to and from stuff all the time. It was easier to stop at McDonald's or Burger King or something and grab something than to try to sit down somewhere when we were on the go. And then if we were at ball games or races or anything like that, just go to the concession stand and like get a hot dog or a hamburger We'd cook um, probably half the time, but then I remember we ate like a lot of pizza or Chinese food or anything like takeout like that just because um, things were so busy and my mom didn't really like to cook that much and she still doesn't. Love her to death. Mom, <laughs> if you're listening, just know when you do cook, it is good, but you just don't <laughs> like it. Um, so... That's kind of where we were. We would cook like steaks on the grill and growing up, I never knew like portion sizes. So like my dad is a meat and potatoes kind of guy. So 12 ounce steak and then a baked potato and then that's it. Like what, no greens. What is your dad's body type? Um, He's, uh, I don't know how to describe his body type. Like he's not lean, but he's not overweight. Okay. So he's just, just average? Yeah, he's just normal. Okay. Is he's he a, tall like you? No, he's 5'11". Okay. He's a swole Joel. He's, <laughs> he's definitely, um, he's super strong. He goes to the gym and everything, but he's more concerned about the strength aspect of it right sure. now than anything else. But And you, you were always playing sports. Yeah. So it's so different. Like when you're young and your metabolism yeah. is a million miles a minute and you're playing sports and burning all those calories, mm-hmm. you can afford to eat that way and yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing that I think you get away with as a, especially as a high school athlete because you're in school all day and you're like moving around doing this that and the other and then you play a sport afterwards and then you get home and you go play with all your friends and everything so you don't really eat as much and then whatever you do eat you still burn it all off right so I think it's a lot easier to get away with it and then you graduate and get a desk job and step out, take two steps to your car and then drive to work, take the elevator up. And then like, you don't do as much, but you eat just as much. So you're probably more. Yeah. So did you guys, did you snack a lot when you were? Oh yeah. Like packing my lunch. I remember I would get like maybe a sandwich of some sort. Uh And then I'd have like Swiss rolls and oatmeal cream pies and (laughs) star crunch cakes. Little Debbie was our best friend. (laughs) Growing up, oh my gosh! I still to this day, if I did not know how bad those foods were for me, I would crush them. You would have hated the snacks in my house. (laughs) They probably look like the snacks in my house now. (laughs) Probably, we were not allowed to have any of those foods. But that's funny. But yeah, the only thing that I can remember growing up that was like nutritionally conscious or like health conscious was. On Wednesdays, before any type of competition we would have on the weekend, my dad would make me drink, like, a certain amount of water. Huh. Because... Only on Wednesdays? Well, like, yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> he would want me to 
be hydrated by the time Friday, Saturday, Sunday come around. Okay. And if you started on Friday, it would be like a little too late. Right. So. I think that's one thing. I don't. I don't think I ever would carry around a water bottle when I was little. No. Mm-mm. Or even in high school. Maybe in high school. I don't remember. But now I feel like all little kids go to school with water bottles. Yeah. If I didn't have a water bottle or a cup oh. or anything with me at all times, I just feel like something's wrong. Yeah, I don't leave my house without my water bottle yeah. now. I keep one in my car just in case I uh-huh. do forget one. So then I went to college. And so I went to college in Boston. And I think that that blessed me because I walked everywhere. Boston, if you've never been there, please go. But it's a total walking city. You walk everywhere. So that was able, that kind of kept me, I wouldn't say I was fit because I didn't really work out, but it kept me like, I guess, skinny fat um, when I was in college. And then I, my sophomore year of college, I got a job at a pizzeria and we had Sicilian slices. And so I would bring home boxes of pizza every night after we were done with whatever was left over and my roommates loved me but we were constantly eating pizza and you know sicilian pizza is the square so it's the thick deep dish so it's like all crust all bread again thankfully that pizzeria was a mile and a half from my house and i would walk home so that's probably the only reason why i wasn't 200 pounds so where i went at northeastern starting in your sophomore year Everyone had apartment-style living, so you had a kitchen for yourself and your three roommates or five roommates, whatever type of room you lived in. And so I was always the the chef, the cook. I would love to cook for my roommates, and I, w- I just enjoyed cooking and creating things. I never wasn't doing it for health at that point. Um, and one of my other roommates, Maria, she is also Italian, so she and I would love to cook together and have, like, big cooking parties it was a lot of fun. Um, so that was, I think, where I really started to – I always liked cooking, but that was where I really started to do it on my own because, you know, my mom wasn't around. My friends didn't really like to cook, so I would do that for them. So pizza and then basically what I made. And then we still would go to the dining hall and eat there. And I would always do, like, a salad at the salad bar. On top of the salad, I would always get a cookie to go, (laughs) at least one cookie to go. Um, One of my really good friends in college, Sam, she loved cookies. And when we were, when we were in Phi Delta Chi, so when we were pledging or when we had our, a class that was pledging when we were already in, she, her job for her little was every time she went to the dining hall, she had to bring her cookies. So we just had like a constant flow of cookies from the (laughs) dining hall all the time. I do remember that. But yeah, I think that's pretty much what I ate in college. We would, for physical activity, like I said, we walked everywhere and then we would occasionally go to the gym. There was a really, really nice gym at Northeastern. It was huge. It was the second biggest gym in Boston. And I would go with my friends sometimes, but it was really more of like us just going to the gym to use the sauna than actually to do anything physically active. One of our friends eventually became a fitness instructor. So sometimes she would sneak us into her classes because we were too cheap to pay the $50 fitness class registration fee for the semester. <laughs> um, but so we did that. But it was really, really a light dabble in the physical activity realm, I would say. That's uh, it's kind probably of, kind of similar to like what mine was. Not so, your physical activity. 
Well, actually, yeah. When I came here, so I didn't run track here my freshman year. Okay. I was just a regular student. Um, I joined a fraternity. Okay. So lots of... Beer. Empty calories, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, cookout runs late at night and See, Zaxby's and all that. Let me explain if anyone who's listening to this doesn't know what cookout is. It's a trap. It is disgusting. Okay, it's super cheap, so it's perfect for college kids, but cookout is literally, it's like the meat that Taco Bell rejects. It goes to cookout. (laughs) That's why I get the grilled chicken sandwich. (laughs) You can get, whenever someone tries to explain to me, like, what cookout is, they are always like, you can get a cheese quesadilla as a side. I'm like, that's supposed to make me want to go? I've been once. It was at literally at 3 a.m. I think that they're open. Are they open like I'm pretty until? Pretty sure they're open until like four. Yeah, they're open super late. It's literally only food that you get when you're when you're drunk and it's like yeah. 1 a.m. They do have good milkshakes though. They do have good milkshakes, but they're probably 800 calories. Yeah. Anyway, sorry um, to interrupt. No, that's, that's the cookout's not a thing in in the north, yeah. so I didn't know what it was before I came. Yeah, here. it's definitely. A southern thing. So, like, this is what I used to get. I would get, like, a chicken sandwich with a quesadilla and Cajun fries. And then I'd get a huge tea. A huge tea is, like, a 32-ounce tea. I looked up the calories on it, and it's, like, 400 calories of I wonder how many sugars. 60. (laughs) At least. But that used to be just, like, the norm. I didn't really think of calories as anything like i would go to zaxby's and i would get a wings and things tray and whatever kind of drink i wanted i didn't really drink soda that much um just tea yeah well because when i was younger and my dad was adamant about drinking water i had a buddy who would drink soda all the time and like he would just get super exhausted and super dehydrated so i saw that and i kind of like slowly weaned out of soda well that's good yeah that was the start to your fitness journey exactly and i'm like (laughs) i've done the same with my parents like i've kind of gotten them away from drinking soda too diet isn't any better yeah (laughs) it's a good stepping stone but then eventually you want to get off wean your way out yes yeah that was pretty much it and then i got a little bit more aware of like calories and then i would just focus on that and i remember when I started running track my sophomore year, that's when I was really a little bit more aware of what I put in my body. Well, you probably had to be aware of calories because you probably needed to eat a lot of them. Yeah, a ton. Marcus is very just tall and thin, so he yeah. needs to, he has a large receptacle to fill with yeah. calories. <laughs> the opposite of my receptacle, which is very small and compact. <laughs> yeah, which it works out good because like uh, I have a huge appetite, so I can like for the most part, eat whatever I want and not gain weight. But then um, there's a lot more to your health besides just weight. Of course. Um, So I remember every single day I would go to Oasis and get a sandwich. Looking back now, like processed meat. So many processed meats. Yeah, that's not like the best thing for you. But back then, all I was concerned about was the number and like how many calories I needed. And then I didn't want to eat something like super greasy, like a burger or french fries so i was in my head thinking that a sandwich and sure some fruit would be like the healthier choice i mean which it's you did good yeah did you at least get some like vegetables on your sandwich as well yeah oh i love uh i love vegetables 
like growing up, I would still go and get salads and everything, uh-huh. but I would put like cups of ranch on it. So like it kind of <laughs> would defeat the purpose. And balance it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I would get like a, a wrap with spinach and sun-dried tomatoes and maybe some honey mustard, bell peppers if I was feeling crispy. Um, but yeah, like for the most part, I ate a little bit better along the way. And then, um, I moved into a house off campus my junior year and that's when I started cooking and kind of getting a little bit more aware of what kind of calories and how many calories like different foods had when I started using my fitness pal. I think that was the biggest thing to be able to see a number with a portion size. And then I got a food scale and everything. So it was just kind of like, oh yeah, it was like gradual stepping stones that food scales are great and everything until you weigh out peanut butter. And that is the biggest deception of your life. You think you get a (laughs) tablespoon of peanut butter, which is half a serving and it ends up being three tablespoons. And you're like, okay, well my life's been a lot. So (laughs) this is why I'm fat. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I have a question. Did your coaches talk to you about nutrition at all? Um, not really. Um, they would like say your general things like don't eat fried chicken and don't eat burgers and everything like that. But they didn't really give us good food to eat. Yeah, I was I was more of the nutritionist, quote unquote, on the team. People would come to me and ask what I was getting if we went to a restaurant because they would kind of get something similar to that. But that was all on me. Okay. Coach, coach would always say, like, if you wanted to be good, you have to like, fuel your body the right way. So I took it on my own to kind of find some stuff out for myself. I think with track and everything, and then we lifted weights and they always talked about protein. And so I would always, or like you hear everywhere, people are like, you need a gram of protein for every pound of body weight. That's so much. So, yeah. So... How much do you weigh? Me? Right now, like 185. That's so much protein. But like 185 grams of protein is a Insane. ton. But I've been doing some research lately, and there's a threshold that once you get over like 0.8, there's no... Per pound or per kilogram? Per pound of lean body mass. Oh. So if you take your body weight and multiply it by... So like say you're 10% body fat... Okay. And then you take Which your... Which the average person is not 10% yeah, body fat. I'm 10% and I'm like pretty lean. <laughs> so if you take your body weight, multiply it by 0.9, so that's 100 minus 10%. Right. Then that's your lean body mass. And then you take that number and multiply it by 0.7 or 0.8, and that's the amount of protein that you would need as an athlete, and that would be on the higher end. Most people don't need that much. So like me weighing 185 and being 10% body fat, I need like 130 grams of protein. And like I can make progress with that and I don't feel under recovered or anything like that. But that's for an athlete. Yeah. So the average in the dietary guidelines for women is 0.5 to 1 gram per kilogram. Yeah. Which... So a kilogram is 2.2 pounds. Yeah. So you would take your weight and divide it by 2.2. And then you would multiply that by 0.5 to 1 for a woman. And then for a man, it's like 0.8 to 1.2. Yeah. So it's a lot less than you would think. And it's a lot easier to get protein if you're not. I mean, 
when you're going for 130 grams, it's a lot more difficult than for me if I'm going for 40. Yeah. I could easily get that. So. And I think a lot of it comes from like the supplement industry. If you look into yes. anything like go to bodybuilding.com or Stacked or any of those sites that promote muscle building, then obviously like if you don't need to take a protein supplement, then like why are you going to pay for it? But if you hear out here that you need 300 grams of protein for optimal muscle building, then yeah, you're going to go buy that. tub of protein that's going to last you a month. But I mean, you don't really need that. And then another thing that people do is they'll just mindlessly drink protein and they don't know how much protein they're getting in their diet. And I think that's kind of not smart. Not smart. Stupid actually. Yes. Because if you, if every day you drink 50 grams of protein from your protein shake and you have a hundred grams from your diet one day and then one day you have 50 grams from your diet and then the next day you just go crazy somehow and get like 150 grams then you're just having like a varying amount of protein right. from day to day and you don't really know so i think that's another way when you're starting out is to use like my fitness power fujicate and get an idea of what foods have what proportion of macros in them macronutrients so like carbs fats and proteins and then once you do that for a while, you can kind of eyeball a meal. Like I can go to a restaurant and within like 20% figure out like the amount of calories, carbs, fats, proteins in it. And then you can eat intuitively, Sure. which makes it a lot easier. Cause then most like chain restaurants have, calories. Like you can, yeah, you can type in on my fitness pal and it'll bring it up, but or the menus of, online. Yeah. But a lot of places won't have that. So then if you are trying to be aware of what you eat, you could just kind of eyeball it. And then if you ever do go out and you're like tracking something, I would say add like 10 grams of fat just for oil. Yeah, just to cover it because they cook everything in cheap refined oil. Yeah. If you're making if you're like building something yourself based on ingredients that what you of what you think is in there you definitely are going to underestimate the number of calories if if it's something that you're getting at a restaurant not something that you made yourself when he marcus was talking about the protein and having an inconsistent amount i was just going to say like a protein shake should be a supplement so if you have a goal of how many grams of protein that you want per day you know you're trying to get that out of your diet and then you supplement the rest with your protein shake that you haven't been able to achieve from your diet that day so that shouldn't be just like i do this every single day no supplements you need to vary based on your intake for the day so i think that's something important to consider as well yeah so if you buy a tub of protein that has 30 servings in it it'll last you it should last you at least two months you should try to get most of your protein from your diet. Right. Especially if you eat lean protein, if you eat chicken or fish or right. whatever. It's it's pretty easy to get everything in. If you eat more of like a plant-based diet, then you have to be a little bit more aware of what kind of food you're eating. Because if you just eat technically french fries are... Vegan. Yeah. So like if you just eat french fries all day... You're not not going to get any protein. So you have to find things like whole grains are good, beans, um, lentils, lentils, all that's good. And then reading like the nutrition labels are 
probably like the most important thing. I I shop for like twice as long as I should. At least twice as long, maybe three times as long. Because I look at the labels of everything. Because you have to. Yeah, you'll find things and I think peanut butter is like I keep going back to peanut butter because I eat peanut butter every single day. Um, so that's one thing that is super processed if you buy like Jif because it has sugar, oils as a stabilizer. Yeah. Um, the I get the I might have said this on here before, but I get the Justin's peanut butter. Yeah, that's my favorite. It I has like the, palm oil in it, but yeah, the natural Jif that comes yep. in the brown container that one's the same way it just has palm oil i can't deal with peanut butter that has the layer of oil on the top i'm sorry i have I to like i one. need the emulsifier i need it to be yeah. <laughs> you like it yeah because <laughs> like if once you mix it up and then it's runny you could just like pour, pour it, it over on. pancakes oh it's so good <laughs> and then if you like don't like it runny but you want the completely natural peanut butter where it's just oh, peanuts and salt you can mix it up really well and then stick it in the refrigerator. Oh, yeah. And then it'll stay just like normal peanut butter. That's a good idea. Um, all right, so after college? Yeah. I guess you're still in college. Yeah. So that's not really a good representation, but I guess... Uh, I mean, I'm a little bit more... So, like, in college, I lived with roommates. So sure. it was a little bit harder to keep food in the house that wasn't bad. Because my roommates ate... Whatever they wanted. Yeah, whatever. So there would be, like, cookies, chips, sodas, like, everything that you can imagine was in the house. And I don't care who you are. Like, you get tempted by food. Oh, yeah. I would come home and just, like, have an urge to eat chocolate, and I would eat... Chocolate. Everything. (laughs) I, I remember one night I ate an entire box of cocoa pebbles wow it's a lot of cocoa just, pebbles just because it was there yeah and I, w- I was always like super tight about what i ate so i would eat clean for like three weeks and then i'd have like a friday night bender and i would just go in on <laughs> everything um but so you, the moral of the story is you need to get those things out of your house yeah it's so hard to eat something bad when you have nothing but good in the house right and then like, the way I eat now is more more plants than I used to eat, but I still eat um, chicken every now and then. When I buy chicken, I buy organic chicken now, Thank though. you. We'll make tacos with ground turkey, and then I'll eat fish every now and then. He's fitting in organic protein, meat protein, on a college budget, so keep that in mind. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you think about how expensive... Oh, I thought you were going to say how gross the conventional chicken oh, is. Oh yeah. Well, if you look at if you look at an organic chicken breast and then compare it to like a store brand chicken breast, disgusting. It looks like they pumped it full of salt water because they pumped they it full of salt water. Yeah, so chicken is actually the number one or the highest consumption of sodium in the US we get from chicken because they put salt water in the chicken to preserve it and to make it bigger fluffier. and way more. Yes. So gross. So after I graduated from pharmacy school, when I moved to North Carolina, I was on residency. So obviously I was very busy, didn't have a lot of time to focus on healthy, me being healthy. I was focusing on my residency, completing that. Um, So at the end of my residency, I 
or I guess maybe it was after my residency was over, I came across a book. I don't even know at this point how I came across it, but it's called Proteinaholic by Dr. Garth Davis. And I think that was the first book that really got me thinking about how kind of messed up our food industry is and how we eat the way that we see advertisements and the way that we think is right, but it's actually probably not the healthiest for our bodies. So I read that and it it really focuses on how obsessed we are with protein. And if you ask anyone who is vegan, they'll probably say something like, have you ever met someone who's been protein deficient? And the answer is resoundingly no, not in the United States. Most people are, in fact, malnourished in many other ways um, because they're not getting the micronutrients they need because they're not eating a very well-balanced diet. So that kind of really got me thinking and that kind of put me on, I'm going to be vegetarian for a little while. So I started out by doing vegetarian and at that time, you know, I wasn't doing a healthy vegetarian diet. So I definitely gained some weight. Um, and then I stopped doing that, went back and I just got started eating really healthy. And that was when I really started eating like all organic, um, like organic meats. I would get all my meats and all everything from the farmer's market here in Raleigh. We have the best farmer's market. They have really good meat there. So I'd get everything from there and I was doing really, really well, um, with that. And I enjoyed it. And I also started working out. So my residency was over. I was working. I had more time. Um, I started, I joined two different gyms and I was doing fitness classes. And then I just started kind of researching more. And then, of course, I watched What the Health and that converted me. And I also live in North Carolina and I'm driving to Eastern North Carolina. You will always see trucks full of pigs going to slaughter and that literally just breaks my heart and thinking about like the first of all thinking about the horrible conditions the pigs have to live in is horrible but if you are not an animal advocate and that doesn't pull on your heartstrings just thinking about how gross yes horribly gross it is but the the fear and the terror that those pigs are like experiencing when they are dying and all of the chemical processes that are released in their body because of that. So all of the cortisol and everything that is released in their body when they're so scared and they're going to die and then that is getting into their tissue and then that's what you're eating. Yeah. So that thinking about that logically cannot be good for you. So that was really another huge thing for me, kind of a huge sticking point for me. And, you know, obviously I've said on here before, I'm not perfect. I will occasionally eat some meat. Um, I usually don't eat chicken just because I don't care about it. I don't think it tastes awesome. I, yeah. people, I think people just eat chicken because they think it's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will. Ne- I never eat pork because of those those pig trucks. They've scarred me for life. And my boyfriend will be like, can we just have bacon? I'm like, we can have seitan bacon, but I'm not cooking pork bacon. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the smell is great. It does smell good, but it's it's bad. So anyway, what the health really converted me. And if you've seen that, you can see some of the a little bit of the pigs because they do come to Duplin County where they have a lot of the pigs um, for the Johnsonville Farms or whatever different kinds of sausages that you're eating or you could just come to eastern north carolina and get on 40 east and you will guaranteed see it it every time 
so what the health and then from there i really started just listening to a ton of podcasts Mm -hmm. and that is really what got me really knowledgeable about a lot of different things in the nutrition world and really started sparking my interest and the more you learn for me at least the more i learn about it the more i want to know so i'll listen to the podcast and then i'll go and find the journal articles that they talk about and i'll read them so I really appreciate when the podcast put the citations so that I can actually go and find the article much more easily. Um, and then obviously I started health formation. Um, so that was kind of my, me wanting to pass on what I've learned to other people because there's so much information and there's so much misinformation that it's very overwhelming to the average person that's trying to learn what to eat. Um, So what I eat now, I guess, is a majority plant-based. When I cook and I meal prep for myself, so the vast majority of my life is, of what I eat is based on what I meal prep because I'm gone from my house for many, many hours during the day. When I eat, when I meal prep, I do completely plant-based. So I will do a grain and like usually means... I sometimes will do tofu, um, sometimes I'll do another kind of protein, and then lots of different vegetables. So this week I made like Spanish rice with like a red cabbage slaw, black beans, and plantains. But I do a different thing. I try to do something different every week. And it's possibilities are endless, really, because there's so many different vegetables out there. And then I'll usually bring a fruit with me. Um, I've been doing a lot of plant-based yogurts lately. Those are high in sugar for anyone who's trying to be cognizant of their sugars. And then what else do I eat? I eat... Do you eat a lot of bread or... No, I don't eat a lot of bread. The only bread I eat is the Alvarado Street Sprouted Flax bread. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is for two slices. It has 90 or 100 calories for two slices, but it has like six grams of protein. It has a lot of fiber, and it's all sprouted like berries and wheat and flax mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I only eat that. And I really just eat that if I have toast on the weekends. But I don't eat breakfast during the week because I'm not hungry in the mornings. And I don't have time to make anything. So, yeah, that's really it. I eat a lot. I, I'll always eat a perfect bar before I work out. Love those things. They're great. High in fat, again. But they're good. Um, and they're But all pe- the fat comes from the peanut, peanut butter. butter. Yeah. They're all peanut butter. It's not like a lot of the other bars that you see will have like oil and no 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 sugar yeah all the ingredients are really really good ingredients but i think that's my favorite bar yeah by far by far and they have they're just delicious they're so you have to try they're in the fridge yeah which lets you know that they're actually good for you too because they're not preservatives yeah i'll get dr prager's veggie burgers are always in my freezer so that will be like a really easy dinner for me when jason is not around i'll just do a veggie burger and like a bag of frozen veggies and i'll eat that um with like sriracha i make a lot of soups in the winter stir fries in the summer that's pretty much it i drink a lot of coffee uh you love smoothies almost every day most of the time i'll have a smoothie like Uh post-workout and i'll throw like this gonna seem a little crazy but i'll put like weird i'll put like three or four bananas in there okay and then you need to get uh, your glucose back after yeah, your workout. A handful of spinach, a half a cup of oats. I like the silk almond and cashew milk. Okay. It has 10 grams of protein in it. 
and it's just delicious. And then I'll throw like a tablespoon of peanut butter or three. It depends on like how I'm how feeling. You're feeling. That day. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll get crazy and throw like a tablespoon or two of chocolate chips in there, like uh-huh. dark chocolate chips or like cocoa powder or like whatever I'm feeling that day. But it usually makes like around a thousand calorie shake, which is perfect for me. Not um, perfect for most people. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's usually I use that as more of like a post workout meal instead of just a shake. So I need that. Do you get full? Oh yeah. It keeps me full like for the most part like a meal does, but it's uh it'll usually come out to have like twenty some grams of protein. Do you put protein powder in it? Um sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Okay. Not usually. Um I need to find like a plant based protein that I like. Because a lot of them have like that grainy texture to it, but and a lot of plant based plant based proteins have a lot of heavy metals in them. Yeah, so you gotta be careful. There's one um, it's from Vivo Life, I think, mm-hmm. but it's like sixty dollars for a bag, and I'm balling on the budget. I think Food Babe makes one, and hers I think is good. I'll have you tried the Vega? I've tried is that Vega. Really good. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like the vanilla. I think I might try that. They have it at Costco. And Orgain, have you tried Orgain? Mm-mm, but I've seen it. Is it good? I think, or I personally think that one tastes the best. Yeah. Taste-wise. I had a Vega Protein and Greens one, mm-hmm. and I should have just gotten like a chocolate or vanilla, but I got a mixed berry one, and it just tastes like dirty berries. Well, the greens. Yeah. The greens always makes it taste bad. I'd rather like put a handful of spinach in there. Well, Austin was complaining that he couldn't find a plant-based protein that he liked, but he gets he refuses to get a flavored protein, so he well, just gets plain. Then that's exactly why. I'm like, that's disgusting. Any any plain protein is gross. He gets the plain Trader Joe's brand. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I like the um, the cashew milk because it adds flavor. Yeah, that and it has protein in it. Oh yeah. Because um, if you just use almond milk, it's like thirty calories of nothing. Water. Yeah. Unless you get milk. Have you tried milk? Mm-mm. Balling on a budget doesn't fit in the budget. Yeah. The, I'm going to stick with my silk. <laughs> but milk is the one almond milk that actually has a significant number of almonds in it. So it doesn't have 30 calories because yeah. almonds have calories. Yeah. So it has actual sustenance to it. Um, so I think we should wrap up mm-hmm. by giving our listeners just like a few tips of where to start. The first things that they can work on for having a healthier life. Okay. So my first one is to focus on eliminating sugar-sweetened beverages because those are empty calories and you're giving yourself so much sugar and you're giving yourself so much insulin, so a huge in- insulin spike from drinking that. Even if you're drinking diet, you know from our sugar episode that that is going to then sensitize your brain to be having a craving for sugar, more sugar later or more sweet things later, and you're going to end up eating more calories because of that diet drink. Um, So wean yourself off, taper down slowly. You don't have to go cold turkey if you don't think you can do it. No soda, no diet soda, no sweet tea, and just replace all that with water if you can. Yeah. I think the best thing to do most helpful is to download an app or something to keep you accountable and it helps you make a a number connection with 
a visual picture of food so you can kind of tell and if you use an app and track your food diligently for six months or so it'll a help you with like your progress and then b it'll help you eat intuitively so then you eventually won't have to use like i still log my food just because i like to right um but i don't have to i could eat pretty intuitively and hit like around the calories that i need Mm-hmm. So, well, my next one is going to be to try really hard to eliminate as many processed foods as you can because that's where you're getting your second most hidden calories after the your sugar sweetened beverages. So, Americans are eating a vast majority of their calories from processed foods. Processed foods are anything that is going to be packaged and shelf stable. So trying to eliminate those as much as possible. Looking at your, if you're buying something that's packaged, you want to read your label, read your ingredients, um, and make sure that your ingredients are actually whole foods that are in there, um, and trying to avoid any kind of processed. If anything you're purchasing has bleached white flour, just return it to the shelf and know that it is a processed (laughs) food and purchase something else. Um, so I think that is my number two recommendation. Do you have another one? Um, I have one more if you don't yeah, have another one. I have one okay. more. Okay. Um, eat something green every day. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't even have a word to describe the amount of like green things out there that you could eat. <laughs> there are a lot. It's a ton. You can. It could be something as simple as like some peppers in a stir fry or if you like scrambled eggs wilt some spinach down first and then like cook your eggs in that it doesn't really have much of a taste throw it in a smoothie put it in pasta sauce yeah that too it'll wilt it down spinach is probably like my number one go-to um just because you can do so much with it i love spinach but i just hate how small it gets when you cook it yeah i hate it you can cook an entire bag of spinach and then fit it in the palm of your hand. It's so small. So done. I usually, if I'm ever going to add spinach to anything now, I just wait till I'm completely done cooking it, and then I add the spinach. Mm-hmm. So it will wilt it a little bit, but yeah. not make it go away. <laughs> and then my last one is to try to decrease your sedentary time. So the number one recommendation for that is just the last 10 minutes of every hour, get up and walk for two. Or within the last 10 minutes of every hour, get up and walk for two minutes. So... Really just trying to keep your body moving because 90 minutes of sedentary time is going to start to increase your insulin resistance. So even if you're eating really, really healthy, you are then going to outweigh that by sitting around all day. I read a statistic one time. I'm coming up with this on the fly. Maybe I'll try to find a citation for it. I don't know how accurate it was. But I read a statistic that said if you sit for eight hours a day, every day while you're at work, you have to work out at the gym for two hours every single day, seven days a week, to overcome the sedentary time, the damage that the sedentary time has done to your body. I'm going to try to find a citation for that. kind of scary. That is really scary. Sitting is the new smoking. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it seems like. Oh, something to piggyback off of that. When you go to the... Come What's on up? in. What's up? Come on. Wait, come over here. Yes. Get get on here. We get need, on. We need your one on. healthy wait, tip of the day. Wait, wait, hold on. We have to. I do have to say that we already talked about you in this episode. What about? Um, the I told, fact that you drink I told Marcus protein. that you drink I love protein. Plain 
you used to drink plain protein from Trader Joe's. Yeah, like the pea protein? Just plain flavored. Just plain, yeah, plain flavored, yeah. Same with egg white. I, I drink unflavored egg white protein for a long time, too. Disgusting. <laughs> but you this, to new, this new protein I found is really good, yeah. Is this an, are, are we this sponsored? This is a plug, yeah, for Gainful. It's great. Gainful, Ooh, sponsor us. Different flavors, just <laughs> cookies and cream. It gets me going every morning. Hey, that's what you need. <laughs> he has... um. His own personal personal nutrition nutritionist now mm, yeah. through Gainful. Really? Yeah, yes. yeah, helping me uh, design my protein profile. Uh, He's interested. In yeah, that. yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm more into the isolate way than mm-hmm. the concentrate way. Yeah, uh, it's processed differently in the body. So yeah. Okay. Um, that's huge. Well, you're on the spot now. Mm-hmm. So we are talking about the tips that are the most helpful for people who are trying to start a healthy lifestyle. What do you got? Uh, so when I got in, kind of started on starting a healthy lifestyle um first thing drink tons and tons of water okay that really helped me out i switched from drinking like tea and um sodas and stuff to just drinking a ton of water excellent um and then second is uh exploring different foods and then finding the foods that are healthy that you like so that you can make them staples in your diet so for me that was spinach beans like black beans um and quinoa and if i hadn't found like healthy foods that i enjoyed i would have never stuck with being healthy. So those are my okay. tips for the day. Okay, he literally just did that on the fly. So we, we did, didn't tell we him. We did not anything. tell him to say those things. It was very in line with what we yeah. just said. Well, I'm glad I could help out. Yeah. Yeah, that was really yeah, helpful. Being healthy is great. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this was a this is a great conclusion. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should wrap it up. Everyone, please check us out on social media. Email us. Love us. Subscribe to us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a happy and healthy day. See you next time, guys. Bye.